Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to TRB. It is the Resistance Broadcast, and I'm John. That's James Bainey, and we are here to talk to you about Star Wars, of course. And this time, our discussion is about twists. You like a good twist, right, James? Hmm. Yes. Uh, yes. Do you have a favorite movie or TV show twist of all time that you were like, oh, my God. Um. Yes, actually. Uh, Lay it on me. Well, should I, though? You wanna, <laughs> oh, you want to wait till later? Okay, that's okay. No, I'm saying because if you tell, uh, it's like, oh, it's when everybody was actually dead. You know, oh, whatever. so is it is it a more newish thing? No, you know what? I think I think we can get away with it because it, because the twist is twist is sort of public knowledge because of how things rolled out. But here's oh. the thing: is M Night Shyamalan famous for his twists? Right. I four years after you know everybody talked about what would the greatest twist is, I came up with in my head what I thought would be the biggest twist ever. And it was something along the lines, the way I always pitched it was you go and you watch a movie and, it, and it's laid out a very specific way and you're watching the movie. And um, at the it, like the end of the movie, when they get to that twist or whatever, it's like the guy will look at the camera and, you, and they go, um, my real name, my real name is Tyler Durden. And you realize at that moment you didn't know this, but you just watched Fight Club 2. You thought it was a standalone movie, but the twist is this is a sequel to a movie that I already know and love. And it went like beyond, like they hid all of it. And now it's connected. And I said, the only person I feel like who could actually pull that off is M. Night Shyamalan. So when I went and saw... To be clear, that didn't happen with Fight Club. That didn't happen. That okay. was my pitch. That was the way I always told people. I said, you know, my real name, my real name's Tyler Durden. And it's very obviously now connected. And you're like, what did I just watch? Hmm. This is connected. This is in the Fight Club world. I, you know, <clears throat> um, what's the name of the movie? I can't remember. Uh, Split. I went and saw Split totally I always said M. Night Shyamalan was the only person who's ever going to be able to pull that off. Went and saw Split, obviously did not think there was any connection to Unbreakable at all. But to get to the end of the movie, and then you see that end credit, that or whatever, however they did it, at the very end with Bruce Willis, and you just realize, you realize at that moment that you just watched Unbreakable 2. Yeah, right. I was like, he did it he is the master of twists i've been saying for like seven years now that that's the perfect twist and he did it he finally mm. did it he he made a, a movie that was his own movie and not connected to anything and then you go in and the twist is you're actually watching a movie that's in this uh, this franchise i i loved it i was so blown away glass not that great <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't even that big of an Unbreakable fan, but Split I liked it. Cool. I didn't like it when it came out. I thought it was so dumb. I revisited it years later, especially with the Split thing. And I'm like, the guy's a genius. Just it just you know didn't hit like with audiences or whatever. I I think they're good movies. I have I have a bunch that I like. Um, Usual Suspects, Primal Fear is great. Um, 
what they did in the prestige yeah still, still blows my mind yeah um but well yeah when it's done right it's just yeah you know when it's done right is when you could still watch that movie and enjoy the movie if if the twist like and usual suspects honestly isn't that good at that but when the twist is all the movie is for me that's how i was with like the sixth sense i i could mm-hmm. never watch that movie again but there's some uh, movies where i'm still like this movie's still really good and it has a twist it's not just the twist it's not a one-time watch yeah i think the what, first scream also excellent twist at the end i don't want to say this makes a movie or this makes a twist but i think for me one one aspect of a twist that i like is when it gives you reason to watch it again with completely new eyes and you go yeah, oh yeah, now yep. that i know that it's it's beautiful to rewatch it and be like i i didn't see it like that now i see that it clearly means this it's like it it gives you the chance to rewatch the film for the first time yeah a little retroactive detective sort of like yeah, yeah. but also for just from the sake of a quality film if it's a quality film you're able to still rewatch that knowing the twist or whatever Sure. Um, and Star Wars, you know, has one of, if not the biggest of all time. We'll, we'll talk about that later as to maybe that's the cause for a lot of the speculation that, you know, fans are looking for the next I am your father. But we have a lot to talk about. Yeah. First, you know, we've been saying this in one way or another in every episode. Um, you know, we're fully behind the writers and actors and everybody uh, looking to even the playing field from the perspective of the strikes. And we hope that they're able to find a proper resolution to get everyone back to work so that uh, we can keep talking about more Star Wars that's coming up. Uh, but we are continuing to cover Ahsoka on TRB Live for that reason, because we know how much the future of Star Wars storytelling, especially on Disney Plus and actually Filoni's movie, hinges upon the success of Ahsoka. So, uh, and all the people, like if you look at the credits of Ahsoka, it's five minutes long. The amount of people that went into making that show, those are the people that are <laughs> the ones fighting now. So, and um, just realizing now, as you say, the credits of Ahsoka, I realize we forgot to talk about the Sam Witwer angle. <laughs> but yeah, well, we touched on that last week and Will the Force. But now the character has spoken. The character has spoken and yeah. got a larger credit as. You know, Marek as, you know, and then it was and Paul was. Yeah, uh, right. Now, so, yeah. yeah. Something to talk maybe about next week when he dies or reveals who he is or whatever. I think he's, yeah, I think he's dying on Wednesday. Or, or no, tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow night. Tomorrow we'll night. We'll see. Um, uh, and the last thing before we get into Will of the Force. Um, uh, if you enjoy what we're doing here at TRB, whether you're a new listener, first of all, welcome. Uh, mm-hmm. Lacey will be back on TRB Live. Right now, you know, she's... Uh, having a baby in a few months. She's just doing a bit of a half schedule. She'll be back doing the Soko episodes with us on Wednesday night. But if you dig what we're doing, whether you're old or new, uh, consider supporting us on Patreon. And you could do that by just by going to a browser and going to patreon.com slash resistance broadcast and take a look at the tiers. We have a lot of extra content on there just for that page, uh, including exclusive episodes. We do some live streams. We have commentaries on there of Star Wars movies, TV shows. We also have a Discord server, uh, a lot of stuff. So check it out. If you don't mind supporting us, tier start at just five bucks. Uh, we appreciate that greatly. And James, they could also be a part of the show in one of our most popular segments that we're about to get into right now. That's true. Let's get into 
Will of the Force. I fear nothing for all this as the Force wills it. That's right. In this section, we pose questions that ask whether something will happen or not happen in the Star Wars universe. Some of those questions come from our patrons, and this week we are going to open it up again uh, to them and uh, ask politely that the questions just be about Ahsoka and keep the focus on Ahsoka. Um, So three of the questions are coming um, from our resistance officers on Patreon, and the first one is from Commander Joey. Joey! Joey asks us the question, uh, will Sabine give Ezra his lightsaber back, or will he agree with Huyang that it now belongs to her, and then build another one? John, a new one for him. John, what do you think? Ezra's getting his lightsaber back. That's what I think. Um, For a lot of reasons, one very superficial one that may or may not mean anything is the new Black Series figure that they're putting out that is clearly of the live action looking Ezra. He has his lightsaber in his hand. Mm. Um, And I just think, you know, for abandoning certain things about the Jedi that weren't good, I do think one that seems to have carried over that should carry over is you build your own lightsaber. And I think Sabine needs to do that. And also, if you think about Sabine, she's the last person you would think of to be like, I, well, I'm going to take that person's thing and now it's mine. She's an artist. She's creative. I want to see what Sabine can come up with. I want to see the Sabine created lightsaber. I want to see maybe look in all different colors on the, on the, on the hilt. I want to see Sabine build her own lightsaber, whether that's the next generation of Darksaber, like I speculated last week. Maybe, maybe not. But I want to see her do her own. So Ezra should get his lightsaber back. That's my take. Yeah, I have. I think that's a good reason. Obviously, the toy comes with the lightsaber. I also have. I have a feeling, and that feeling is not where I hope it goes. But my thought is that Hu Yang gave us that line for a reason. <clears throat> I feel like if the ultimate plan for the story was well, when we get to those episodes, when Ezra show up, Sabine's going to give the lightsaber back. There would be no purpose for Huang to give that line. She says, it's not mine. He goes, it's yours. You did. It's you've made some modifications. You know, it's it's yours. Um, And the weird thing is, is I go, okay, so let's assume she keeps it. Um, I don't know. Like, how often is Ezra? It maybe there's even a storyline where like Ezra doesn't even use the lightsaber. I'm not. I'm just not sure. I don't know. I kind of. I agree with you though. I think that um, it probably makes more sense that he just gets it back and she gets to build her own at some point. But that one line really throws me. It really I, throws yeah, me. That's fair. That's fair. I don't know what the purpose of that line was. If she's just going to give it back. Um, so it kind of makes me think she's going to keep it uh, for this for the sake of the argument, even though I don't like the direction it goes. I'm going to say that she she keeps it. It's her lightsaber. That's the statement. Um, it's rough, though, because I don't know what that means. I don't know what Ezra does when he comes back. Um, I don't like how, it. He maybe he uses it, but then gives it back to her. But then maybe I don't know, like, does he die? 
Ezra was like, I don't Yo, know. That check out anticlimactic. Check out these crystals in this other galaxy. Forget Kyber. Check this out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's like, oh, I, I, I brought back your Kyber, Kyber lightsaber, and he's like, that's cute. You're still using Kyber. Yeah. <laughs> it's like showing up to a summer party with a Super Soaker fifty. You're not yeah. getting anything done. Um. All right. So let's move on to the next question. Um. We kind of disagreed there, but I, I don't know. I, I think you're probably right, ultimately. Um, Commander Ryan Wara asks us the next question. Uh, Ryan sent in the question, since the Republic won't sanction a mission to investigate the possibility of Thrawn's survival, will Hera go rogue and scoop up Zeb, Rex, Jason, and the Ghost to go help Ahsoka and Sabine? Um, you pointed something about this sort of out on TRB live about a future episode based on footage we've seen. So why don't you go first? Uh, I say no, I say no, because I, I don't think Zeb's in the show. I'm starting to get a little worried. The Rex is not in the show either because, you know, based on the trailers that we've seen so far, I'm not really sure where he's going to fit in. It seems very core to these group of people. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, yeah, I just don't think uh, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't know. I feel like Hera is allowed to leave and go where she is. What she was asking for was she was asking for resources and people and and more whatever to go with her. But I think she can go on her own. Um, so I don't know that necessarily even going rogue. So I say I say no to this question, Ryan. Um, I think uh, we've. I, I don't know about Rex. I'm fairly confident Zeb is not showing up, but I think Zeb's a, a later add-in. Um, but yeah, I just don't think this is going to happen. What do you think? I Yeah, I don't want to get hung up on it's either all of these people or the answer is not right. I do. I mean, I think Hera's getting involved just for the sake of if the show's moving to this location, but they're not going to just leave Hera off screen and just not do anything. They introduced Jason Sindula. The new Lego set has him flying a starship. I think I think she is getting involved. I think her son will get involved without her knowing, maybe stow away, and then all of a sudden he gets in the mix. I do hope Zeb shows up because I think him showing up in Mando was a bit of a test run to see how audiences reacted to a live-action Zeb. Rex, I don't care about. I'll be honest with you. Um... Also, how old is Rex at this point in terms of accelerated aging with the clones? He's, I mean, if this is 11 years after the end of Rebels, you know, he's got to be in pretty rough shape at this period of time from an aging perspective because he was already old in Rebels. So theoretically, he's twice as old as <laughs> Boba Fett. Yeah, so he's got to he be like be twice as old as he's got to be like ninety right now, or yeah, he's got to be old. Yeah, um, so yeah, I don't think Rex is happening uh, in this situation. So I I do think we need more Ghost though. So I think yes, but I just don't think Rex. How about that? Uh, all right. So we we're flip flopped, flippity floppity. Oh wait, but you're saying yes. Yeah, I think it will happen. Oh yeah. But without Zeb, or with Zeb, no Rex, no Rex. Zeb, Zeb is more of a hope. The other ones, I think, we can lock in, except for Rex. 
yeah, he's, he's out. <laughs> yeah. So Jason is the only one that you're at. You're well, saying is the lock. The ghost. I guess the ghost too, but of course. Zeb, yeah. Chopper, even though Ryan didn't say Chopper. Yeah. But yeah. All right. Um, we got another one here coming from one of our generals, specifically General Sneaky Zebra. What up? Uh, um, they wanted to know, given the amount of time we spend on home one, is it possible we might see some other cameos like an Akbar, maybe a Nine Numb? Uh, characters that, we, that don't necessarily need recasting, something along those lines. Uh, John, you're first on this one. What do you think? I'd love it. I think that'd be great if we got a cameo of Akbar. Um, that's his home ship. Um, it'd be cool seeing him in his captain's chair, like Return of the Jedi. Um, so I'm gonna say yeah, and I, I just based on you know what I remember from the Clone Wars and even stuff in Rebels to a, maybe a lesser extent, but not even a lesser extent. Filoni loves to loves a callback. He does not shy away from that. He'll expand the story as, as much as he needs to, but he also likes a nice callback. So he knows, I'm gonna, how, to, he knows how to do nostalgia and fan service in the correct way. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I think there'd be no issue with either of these. Uh, so whether it's one or the other, I say, I say yes. I think we will. I think we will. Um, I, I'm going to go with yes too, even though it's a hopeful yes. I want that to happen. I don't know if it will or not, but I'm going to go for the hopeful yes. Um, Part of the reason I'm going to say yes to Akbar specifically is that the sequel trilogy to some people wronged Luke Skywalker and then Dave Filoni swooped him back up and fixed that scenario and said, this is the, this is what they really wanted. And I think there's a pot. What? (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. I'm like, careful. I, yeah, I'm just saying, I think there's a possibility that if somebody thought that maybe Akbar didn't get what he deserved in the, the sequel trilogy, that these television shows in one way or another has the opportunity to kind of come in and show us yet again an Akbar leading a defense force, you know, or whatever, and doing what he, you know, could have been doing in the uh, sequel trilogy that they didn't get to see. Um, so I think that if you're using TV in a way to sort of fix bigger problems with the fandom, um, and maybe help those fans kind of come around to star Wars again, ah, I didn't like it. Oh, okay. Then all right, whatever, you know, kind of fix that. Then that's where Akbar could do his thing or in the movie, you know, lead up to the movie. Maybe he's not in Ahsoka, but he, he gets his, um, big show up at, at some point in that crossover against Thrawn. It's Thrawn and Akbar, you know. Hmm. Yeah. Do you think that that? Uh, do you think that there would be some realistic like <laughs> fixing, not <laughs> fixing of fan service there? Maybe it's sort of a thing where it's like. I mean, this is our chance to let people see Akbar again, and it makes sense. The only thing that's tricky about this, I was just sort of trying to look into this. So, obviously, Eric Bowersfeld, the original voice of Akbar, died uh, a year before Last Jedi came out. He voiced Akbar in Force Awakens, came back for that. Uh, Tom Kane took over for Last Jedi, and he has since fallen under 
bad health. He doesn't voice act anymore. So then they got to find another person that sounds like Akbar. I'm not saying it can't be done. Steven Stanton almost yeah. does it quite a bit uh, with um, Radis. But um, it'll be interesting to see what they do. Uh, I, I love it. So, uh, But I, I understand your angle from it. But I think also it's just one of those things where it's like, it's the ship. He was alive during that time. You know, it's not a stretch where some things we've seen are stretches. Yeah. My my big thing is if I had to put money on whether it'll happen in Ahsoka or not, that I don't know. But I do think this new sort of era that they've brought in where like the New Republic is the good guys and they're the big team, you know, or whatever. Yeah. I think that there's a chance that we do see Akbar at some point. And and uh what's interesting too is like Akbar was one of the people that were like, um, we're not gonna get this necessarily in TV show, you know, but when Leia was like, well, I'm starting the resistance, Akbar, like, I'm right, I'm going with you. Like, he he left everything, demoted himself down to join resistance, uh, if I'm not mistaken on that. But interesting, but that's later. Um, all right, we got one more here for Will of the Force. Will Marok be killed by Ahsoka in part four? And as a bonus, will he ever be unmasked? Um, I'm going to go first on this one uh, since I sort of set us up. I asked that question a little bit earlier, what we think of the fate of Marok. Um, I'm going to be a little bit of a bummer, and I'm going to say that I think there probably is a chance that he's killed by part four. Um, that gives us sort of a strong mid-season finale, you know, kind of cliffhanger, even though we're obviously going week to week, but like we get through four episodes and we have a big fight with a big villain that was uh, killed, um, but it's not our main villain. And then the rest of the the series, we can focus on um, Shin and Balin. Uh, and then as a bonus, will he be unmasked? No, I, I'm still standing on, I, I would love for it to be Galen Merrick and, and Starkiller and all that. I think that's such a cool thing. I was talking with my friend about it. It's a cool thought, and I would love for it to happen, but I just have to put my money on the the logic and the, the percentage, you know? It's just like, it, it's just who they say it is, man. So not, you know? not Jar Jar? It can't be Jar Jar. <sighs> I mean, why are we even watching at this point? I feel like I haven't heard anybody give a possibility for who it it could be uh, except for Galen Merrick. That's the only one that I'm like, yeah, it could be that. It could be that person. But every other possibility I hear, I go, it can't. It's It's already been proven in canon. It can't be that person. It's a brainwashed Luke Skywalker. It could be. That's actually a good one. It's Ezra Bridger. (laughs) It is, yeah. It's um, a clone of Kanan. By the way. Bigger Kanan. Plot twist. Right? Am I right? Who do you think? (laughs) Who do you think? What do you think is going to happen? We didn't get to you. Um, But what if somebody got Kanan's hair that he cut off and made a clone of him like they did in Superman 4, The Quest for Peace? Mm -hmm. And they made Nuclear Man. Voiced by Gene Hackman. Dave Filoni did say, uh, in preparation for Ahsoka, you want to watch seasons, uh, the last, the last season four of Rebels, yeah. and Superman four: The Quest for Peace. He right. did say that exactly. <laughs> yeah, um, I think he will be killed. I think we have to cut some of the fat out 
and sort of part the seas and have it be Ahsoka and Balin. And uh, based on the trailer footage and what we see, uh, I said this on TRB Live, but to rehash quickly, it's clearly Balin and Ahsoka fighting within that ancient Night Sister map ruin thing on that planet. So I think she has a sick battle just to show us Ahsoka doing some prime lightsaber stuff against someone with a lightsaber. Um, it also would mirror the Phantom Menace thing where Qui-Gon does face off against Maul and it's sort of like unfinished business. One of them jumps up on a ramp and takes off. You know that fight has to get finished. That gets finished. But in this instance, it's going to be the hero that wins. I think Mark gets killed, doesn't get unmasked. It's just Marek. That's all he is. We're saying the exact character. same thing. And then she goes to find Balin after that. So I think he's toast. Mask still on. Mysterious character. Doesn't have a long lifespan in story, but another cool character for you to buy an action figure and have some fun with. Yep. All right. Well, so based on what we said, you you don't you're not going with the Kanan clone, no? No. What so what's your thoughts on this? <laughs> no, there's Oh, just I a, thought you were it, Yeah. Well, I, I started were. to lead into how that would be a crazy plot twist, but then I realized you didn't give your answer for Will of the Force, so we needed to talk about you. We can talk more about twists though. All right, let's talk a little bit more about twists. Let's end Will of the Force and go ahead and head into our next section. <laughs> Obi-Wan once thought as you do. Did Empire Strikes Back do this to us? Are Star Wars fans forever seeking the next big twist? So think about it. It's a crowded theater. May 1980. Interest rates through the roof. People having a rough time. They're like, all right, you know what? Let's check out that new Star Wars movie. I like that first one. Let's check this out. Luke Skywalker back to newer corner. We all know how this goes. Hand just cut off. Staring in the face of pure evil, Darth Vader, the man who killed his father. Until what? Darth Vader corrects Luke and says, no, I am your father. The jaws that must have dropped in that theater. Um, arguably the most famous twist in movie history, especially for us Star Wars fans. But if fans been chasing the big reveal or big twist ever since because of that, a new character, specifically masked ones, are often always speculated to be someone we knew in the past versus just a new character. Speculation also often leads to searching for the next big revealer twist, but is it the Darth Vader Empire effect that's causing it? So, James, let's just have some fun talking about it. Um, the, the fans and the quest for the next big twist. I'll never forget... Uh, Star Wars comes back, 2014, hype mode, 2015, Force Awakens. Here we go. Uh, we get that first teaser, Thanksgiving 2014, and that hooded figure with the cross guard lightsaber, and people were like, "That's I think that's Luke Skywalker. I think that's going to be Luke. And people, other people speculated, oh, I think that's going to be Ezra Bridger because he had the cross guard lightsaber in Rebels. Um, but I think that happened after in real yeah, life. Yeah, I was going to say, I yeah. think... Um, but the point being people were, I remember people saying like, Oh, that's Luke. And I remember Adam driver being on, I believe it was either Kimmel or Colbert and they're pointing at that and they're like, is that you? And he's like, yeah, that's me. And he's like, are you sure? He's like, yeah, that's me. So that's just one example of many. 
Um, DJ, the, the Benicio Del Toro popping up in the promos for The Last Don't get Jedi. me started on Snoke. People, <laughs> Snoke, we can definitely get into. Yes. Yeah. But people, people were just going saying this DJ character is Ezra. It's going to yeah. turn out being Ezra. So a lot, a lot of this happens. Uh, even with the new, we were just joking about it with Mark. A lot of people thinking that that's Ezra. Uh, a lot mm-hmm. of people want Ezra to be bad. It sounds like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know why. He seems to be the most pure-hearted, good person who's already faced. You're, he's you're starting. Faced, to... He faced temptation and turned it down in the ultimate face of evil in Palpatine. You're starting to remind me of the Simpsons thing where Willie's like. Uh, true enemies, the so-and-sos and the Scots and the so-and-sos and the Scots and mm-hmm. the so-and-sos and the Scots. Yeah. 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 It's just like every, every theory is, is Ezra Bridger. So, so did, did the whole big thing in empire fuel forever fuel uh, the search for that moment again, or people thinking that star Wars does it more than they do? What do you, what, what do you think to start off? To start off, I have felt in recent years, especially since Force Awakens and Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker and all those those specific big movies were coming out, that there was a a thing that said, what makes Star Wars Star Wars? And one of those things was always Star Wars has a great twist. And I'm like, does it? I've, I was very hesitant on that concept because yeah i know the best star wars movie arguably has one of the best twists arguably of all ever. yeah right i get that but the franchise itself has never been something that roots itself on twists uh four didn't really have a twist Six didn't really have a twist. I mean, you could say there were moments where it's like, you know, I'm going to defeat you, Emperor. And then it's like, no way. I've planned for you to come here. You know what I mean? Is that that a twist? It's the only like the only twist for six is Leia being Luke's sister. Right. But I mean, that's a that's a reveal, I think. Yeah. And I think both of those there's there's a cousin relationship there between twist and reveal. Um, I think the thing like, um, yeah, you know, it's so funny because there really is no difference between the two. Like all of a sudden now you have new information that shows you that these two people are related. One of them, I think, was a twist because you were talking about your main character and your main bad person, you know, your main villain. And I think the other one was more like an afterthought. It was like a bonus. It was like, oh, and side note, I've known this whole time. You know, it wasn't like, a, oh my God, this changes everything. You know, um, I mean, it has a big impact, but like, but again, I'm going back to this point where like, I just don't feel like Star Wars was built around the twist and the movies had all these twists and stuff. Um, that being said, I'm not, I'm I'm also thinking that maybe JJ and Ryan were people that sort of bought into that idea that what we could really do is we could play with the audience a lot in a, a lot of aspects because we know they didn't know Star Wars was going to be what it was even when George was doing the prequels he was doing his kind of his own thing but I'm we're handling it differently Disney's handling it differently and 
I think JJ and Ryan both played into the world of um, twisting, I don't want to say expectations because that the whole Ryan things, whatever, but it's sort of like playing with the audience and and you know the story, but you're taking them on this ride and you're giving them all these different angles and which way could it go? I think they played into that and it unfortunately, uh, I think for the franchise caused a little bit, it caused it to sort of spin out of control a little bit because there were too many roads and everybody was trying to figure out everything about it. You know what I mean? Even down to like, you see Jakku and he says it's called Jakku and everybody's like, nope, it's Tatooine. And it's like, <laughs> right. What are we going to do? You know, like I think, I think even when we're trying to tell you, we're, we're, we're telling you what it is, even right. in some cases, the fans were still like, nope, it's all a big secret. And that plays into like what Lucasfilm does with all their secrecy. Why is it a big secret if there's not reveals and plot twists, you know, um, that are going to happen? So I'm going to bounce it back at I, you, but like, are you on the same boat here? Are I we- think I think Star Wars has twists, but no more than anything else. And if not maybe less i think i think i think there's more twists now in the sequel trilogy that's what i was going to get to with jj and ryan i think there were definitely significant twists in those movies well kind of i mean i think a lot of that was lack of cohesion that evidently becomes a twist or a a reveal because it's sort of picking up on someone else's threads and that sort of thing but I, mm-hmm. yeah, I hear what you mean. Um, I don't think like the, the funny thing about Star Wars is that when George Lucas wrote uh, the first Star Wars movie, Darth Vader was the, the guy who killed Anakin Skywalker. And then he came up with the idea thereafter that, oh, you know what? He's his father. And now immediately it's a family story when before it was more just classic good versus evil and mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. So it it is a it is one of the biggest twists in film history, but it it was never plotted that way from the get-go, which I don't think that that eliminates any of its power because clearly it's still one that people, you know, if they were old enough they remember exactly where they were when they saw it in the theater or whatever, even people, you know, recently who for some reason didn't know it or not dialed into star Wars or whatever kids who knows, but I just think it's like with anything, people want to be in the, in the know or in the moment in that experience when something big happens in anything and people sometimes, especially in modern times, uh, I think elevate things that maybe don't need to be elevated that much to say like, I was there when, and I think people are just inherently, maybe subconsciously seeking that high um, of a Darth Vader, no, I'm your father, because maybe like, you know, you and me, we didn't get to experience it organically. I don't know if I remember if I knew or not, because I remember like, it's yeah, in, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. But we so, like, so there's a generation of Star Wars fans who want their no, I am your father moment. And maybe they're looking for that. And like, this can't be that simple. This can't just be this new character. It has to be 
this other character because I want to see that character return. So I think it's Mm -hmm. a mixture of things like seeking what a previous generation got because they saw how big that was and wanting to feel that. I think that's a real thing. Right. But But then also the idea of trying to do the choose your own adventure, tell your own story thing where it's like, oh, this would be sick if that mask comes off and it's Plo Koon and he's not dead, <laughs> you know? Right. Now, if Filoni were to do that, Plo Koon would obviously, you know, I say that because of Dave Filoni, but, and I don't know that it, there's much more to it than that. That is more of a, I think, a psychological, philosophical uh, guess on why people do that stuff a lot. But I think also it's it's also fun to do that, but then it we get into the argument of like, well, do they expect that? And then were they disappointed? But it does seem like more and more, especially us being dialed into it. I don't know that general audiences either do this or pay attention to this, but for diehard fans who really get into it and love speculating, I've seen this more and more uh, as new stuff comes out. And that also could be because we get more content than ever too. So there's more opportunities for it. Yeah. But like with Acolyte coming out, so then that mindset is, all right, so this takes place before Phantom Menace. So that means Plagueis has to be in it. So they're going to, we're going to meet some dark side mysterious character and everyone's, I guarantee first trailer that gets, goes public, people are like, that's Plagueis. That's going to so, be Plagueis. That's going to be Plagueis. And maybe it's not, true. maybe it is, but it's going to happen. So you you talked a little bit you didn't say the the term but the called it culture sort of thing hmm. i don't actually have a problem with call like called it culture necessarily because i think it is fun no matter Which I what i think we coined on this podcast called it culture but oh really i don't know i think i called it called it culture no <laughs> <laughs> um i think that uh i don't think there's anything inherently wrong with everybody being like you know uh oh fourth quarter so-and-so is going to run it back for a touchdown watch yeah you know and then when it happens they're like yeah i called Uh, it and i think that that's fine like have fun with that um the thing the thing that i think sort of gets bad is is when somebody says i'm unhappy with how the game turned out because that because so-and-so didn't run it back for a touchdown. Not because you lost, you still won, but it's not the way that you thought it was going to be because you put all your chips on to how you were, that was your bet, you know? And that where that is, I think, where wherein lies the problem with people's, you know, when we get to the point where we're saying, I think that Snoke is this person. And then when it's not that person, it is, there's a problem there. And this obviously doesn't uh, involve everybody because, you, you know, you're going to um, be able to talk to plenty of people who were like, no, I was dead set that, the, you know, this was going to happen and it didn't happen. And I'm like, it's, all, it's fine. Well, I mean, Steel Saunders, like, he was able to buy an island based on the stickers he sold about your <laughs> snow right. yeah. So, um, I think th- I, one, one thing that I want to say, though, is about like the sequel trilogy – having their own plot twists that I think people didn't grab onto. And like they were, in my opinion, just as big and revealing as a, as a, um, as a Darth Vader, you know, I'm your father moment, except for the fact that 
in, in, in the use of the movie, it was as big of a reveal. But the thing is, is like culture over 40 years has built that up as like something that we know and and we sort of treat it like it was a bigger reveal than it even was. It was a big reveal. It was a well, big shocking it, moment. But we got those big shocking moments in the sequel trilogy. TFA, and people just didn't always re- re- respond to it well. What's what's TFA that that Ben Solo that that Kylo Ren was Han Solo's kid? I don't think that I again I don't think that's really that wasn't like they didn't we knew that before he like takes his helmet off or says something. It was just sort of like dialogue you got in the movie. You were like, oh, well, just pick that yeah, up. A lot of people know? assumed that that was going to be the case. Yeah, I think they might have even said that. I, I, I don't know. I don't really think Force Awakens had like a big, big, big plot twist moment. Um, my There's two for me in Last Jedi, and I think that's Kylo Ren killing Snoke. And I think Kylo Ren telling Rey that she does she's not anybody. Oh, I thought you were going to say the huge one, which is Luke wasn't on crate. Oh, that that yeah, that is that's a that's yeah, but I that's in the moment. It's still I, when they flash to him and he's on that rock. Hundred percent, hundred percent. You're not wrong. I think what, what what I'm discussing when we're having this conversation is fans speculating leading up to nobody said, I think Luke's going to appear as a hologram, <laughs> you know, and then somebody's going to walk up and it's not going to be like nobody predicts that. Right. Um, but I think when you're predicting things, we predicted things about Snoke. We predicted things about Ray. And in that movie, they told us things that we didn't expect. Snoke ended up being nobody and Ray ended up being nobody. They just sort of, you don't expect your big bad emperor to die in the second movie to, you know, the, I don't know. I just think that happened, but people didn't respond to it. Well, I think empire would have been a different movie and a different historical. It wouldn't have been revealed as the greatest twist ever. If people didn't like the twist, if they would have been like, Oh, he says he's his father. This is stupid. And everybody just hated the movie. It wouldn't have been a great twist. So I think it's the, the same though, level of twist. It is. It's just but people didn't respond to it well. The value of them. So the Vader one is giving you so much more looking forward than you ever expected. This turned into hero versus villain, good guy versus bad guy, fate mm-hmm. of the galaxy to... Uh, this huge family soap opera thing. It changed Star Wars completely into a, a different type of story. Whereas, and so it gave you something. It, it handed That's you right. something new. Whereas so Snoke theoretically takes something away. The Snoke thing and the Rays nothing sucked all the air out of that room of speculation and theory to literally the bare bones. Um. So I, I, I understand what you're saying about the taste. Like people were like, oh, that's it? Because in this last movie, they kept cutting away when they were just about to like talk about maybe who this girl was. And the guy said, the girl I've heard so much about. And Maz sort of thought something about her. And, you know, and then all of a sudden, and you oh, have like her parents, two years her of, parents were drunks. What? Yeah. You yeah. know, so that's, I think the biggest problem with the sequel trilogy, which we've had this discussion, so I don't want to steer us too far down that path, is that 
JJ had these thoughts about these characters, whether it's Finn or Ray or maybe even Snoke. And Ryan took them and vanquished some of those paths and did other things with them that people loved. Some people Mm -hmm. didn't love. And then JJ takes it back and says, well, that's actually wasn't true about Ray. This is what the truth is. And I don't know. It's borderline of another big one in rise of Skywalker. You're actually a Palpatine. Yeah. 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 So it, and when it comes to, what about the simple ones? I don't want to say simple ones, but like I think, that has, that, I that, think you, I think you've really nailed the point there. Is that I think what makes a good plot twist in a movie is when something goes like, oh, we think it's going to go one way because we have an idea of how ba- how powerful this villain is. Turns out he's ten times more powerful than we thought. Is a better twist than oh, turns out he wasn't even the real villain. You yeah. know, like that's a great plot twist because everything's changed. Now that guy's the villain or whatever, yeah. but it, it's like it takes something away from that. And so I, I think you're right. That's maybe why the Luke hologram thing does work because we're watching that moment. We're like, wow, Luke's really powerful. But then when they flip to him, you go, oh, he's even more powerful right. than we thought. Right. Right. That, that, that moment, I think that one works. Whereas I think. Even people who didn't like how Luke was handled in The Last Jedi, including Mark Hamill himself, uh, would probably say like that moment, that that is a epically powerful Luke moment at the end there. Whereas if he was just there on crate, uh, it probably falls flat a bit um, to see him do that. Obviously, he dies there after ha- having used all that power. But seeing him do that where we've never seen that in Star Wars before, it's like a double edged thing. It's like, Oh my God, he wasn't there. I can't believe I didn't notice the footprints. I was so dialed in, which was me. That was my experience. And then two, like, I didn't know that was even possible, you know, in Star Wars. So it's, it just changed everything. And it did, it gave you, it gave us something different and new to, to work with, with the twist. Whereas you're nobody, your parents are drunks. They were buried in the Jakku desert. You're like, Oh, Oh, all right. So, so the sled was named Rosebud. Cool. Got it. You know, I don't know if people like Citizen Kane or not, but it's like a hundred year old movie. But, uh, so I I don't have much more. I mean, we can keep talking for the sake of talking or come up with more examples because there are more, but just bringing up that recent one about Marek, like (laughs) starwars.com makes a data bank thing that says Marek, he's a former inquisitor gives us, you know, enough information, probably more than we got from Boba Fett when he was first introduced. And mm-hmm. people, if Star Wars was so new at the time, people weren't like, that is Tarkin. He survived the Death Star explosion and now he has armor and he's coming for payback. Yeah. Now it's like, we know enough about this guy, Mark, that he's a former Inquisitor and stuff. I don't understand. I love speculating. You know that. And I love nerding out with other people about speculating. But I always find it interesting that it's always this inherent need to do it for certain characters where I think you look at a character like Mark and you're like, no, it's just this cool, new, interesting fighting character. Do you, so what, here's... Why here's can't he just way. be that? Yeah. Here's an angle to go with the story is I think you 
kind of posed this, and I don't know if you said it in your uh, original pitch or not, but I, I remember thinking that this discussion was going to go in the directions of our plot twists done now because there's always going to be someone trying who like calls it and we dive into all the possibilities and inevitably it is one of these or whatever. But my angle on it was going to be know that I think that Star Wars will always and can always have uh, twists that and reveals yeah. few people if anybody saw that coming and it still be a good one. And I, I thought of a random example, like I don't think this would be the case, but I was like trying to think like, what would be a good example of in Ahsoka if all of a sudden this was revealed? And uh, I saw uh, Balin's skull, um, you know, standing over Ahsoka and she, and she says like, you, you could go over there right now and stop this. Just, you have to just kill, uh, Lady Elspeth, you know, or whatever. And mm-hmm. and he goes, I can't do that. She's my wife. You know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, didn't even, didn't even cross my mind. You know, like, now all of a sudden we have this other angle of like, oh, the reason they're together is because there's a romantic thing or he fell in love with her and that's why he's been f- f- turning dark side or whatever, you know? And it's like, you could add so much to the story just by telling this. And and I was like, is anybody saying that right now? No, nobody's saying that. Probably because it's not a very likely thing. Mm-hmm. But if they did it, it's not like there's going to be tons of people who are like, called it you know yeah (laughs) i think that would be uh something that they that star wars still has the availability to the of to give us a plot twist that we go oh and it's also wow you're right and it's also weird enough star wars i mean with so many of these crazy fantastical things at least to this point like human cloning where even I was like, was that actually Moff Gideon who died at the end of Mando season three? Or- I still, yeah, I still had kind of have this crazy theory, um, which I think has been extinguished, but I still wonder if the, if the emperor that died at the end of return of the Jedi was not the real emperor, <laughs> you know, I think I brought that up on the show one time and, and we, we, that would be a tough pill to swallow. And a we tough, threw it away because um, it would retroactively yeah. change too much about the <clears throat> original. But I was like, man, the guy's been messing around. And and, and we're sort of doing that right now with um, Gideon. Yeah. We're yeah. like, okay, well, he's dead. And it's like, no, that's one of the clones. Right. So yeah. I, think, I think that concept is still there. It's still viable. Um, and well, probably will get used in Mandalorian. Th- there's another one that we haven't really touched on that I just thought of, and I'll never forget that I was a part of this too because I thought that the armorer was going to betray Mando. Um, I think that they were planting some of those seeds to steer us in that direction for speculation, and it turned out not being the case. That's interesting. I don't a I don't remember you ever bringing that up really, and b I never thought that. <laughs> I yeah, don't... I definitely brought it up because I remember. Um, there was also the element of the spies and people thinking like, oh, that means one of them is a spy and stuff. But oh, this is even season three. Yeah, yeah, oh, wow. it was season three when I thought that she would because of the different um, factions and and types of Mandalorians and stuff. 
I was just like getting a little like, I wonder like, what's her deal? Like what's going on with, with that group? Um, so I was wrong there. And a lot of people were wrong. So I think a lot of people sort of felt that was the case with, with the armor. So, I mean, I think that is one thing that's a type of twist betrayal, which is common in star Wars and fantasy storytelling. So I think that's an organic type of, um, speculation for a twist or reveal, but there's the varying versions of it. Like some of them were just like, Oh, that character is a mask. That has to be Kanan Jarrus. He didn't die at the end of rebels, you know? And then there's ones where it's like, well, I've seen a Shakespearean play that mirrors this. And I think that person might actually turn out to uh, work for this person or something. That so, is always tricky because it, it is one of those things where like, I know that the writers are doing that stuff too. They're like, oh, I'm going to tell a story and I'm going to mirror this classic uh, story from blah, 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 blah. You know, this samurai, ancient yeah. tale. Um, so if somebody comes along and goes, what if they're doing insert ancient tale here? You know, then yeah, yeah you've got the blueprint. That is what they're doing. Um, but it just falls into like, you know, nobody knows. So your guess is as good as mine. Oh, oh here's a new one for a show that hasn't come out yet. We forgot about this. Um, <laughs> Jude Law is Lor Santeca. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And you know what, though? I'm not saying I'm not talking down on this because I just brought up I've been wrong on a couple uh-huh. of these things. I think that's fun. I like yeah. that. I like doing that stuff a lot. I remember leading up to Solo, we were trying to put the pieces together with the whole coaxium thing because of the toys and what the MacGuffin was. Like, that stuff is fun. I think that I love that and I miss that about Star Wars movies. So I hope when they start bringing back movies, um, we get to do that type of stuff. So I'm not saying it's wrong to do it or it's foolish Mm -hmm. or anything, but it's just crazy that we do it a lot as fans. And I just go to go back to the original question, is it because of the magnitude and success and awesomeness of the one in Empire Strikes Back. But even even if, like, here's the thing. It, it is, there's a, it's very tricky to figure out what is even, like, just a reveal, a story element, a big twist. Like, it are is it a twist? So let's let's just say he is playing the character Laura Santeca. And then, is it only a twist because they haven't just come out in the marketing and said, I'm playing a young Lor Santeca. You know, it's like they could just say that, but they don't say that. They say, I'm playing this character and he's very dark and mysterious and blah, blah, blah. So then we go like, well, who is it? Who are you playing? And so then we start to, to be like, well, there's a reason they're not telling us this character's name. And so it kind of comes back to that whole thing where like sometimes, <laughs> sometimes Lucasfilm is writing their own disaster by making everything so secretive. Just tell us that character's name and we'll oh. stop saying, uh, yeah. we'll stop writing our own story that it's Lor Santeca. When it ends up being Dave Space Guy, we're going to be like, Dave I hate Space this Guy. show. Yeah, <laughs> I hate this show because it turns out it doesn't, he, it just turned out to be some guy and, it, yeah. and he, he doesn't fit into the story at all. He should have been Lord Santeca because that fits into the story. And it's like, all of this resolved by just coming out day one and be like, 
oh yeah, I'm Jude Law. I'm going to be in this new Star Wars show. I'm playing a character named Dave Space Guy. And people oh, are like, cool. I, Can't the, wait to learn more about how, Dave Space Guy. How bad was the Ahsoka panel at Celebration? Because the actors literally couldn't say anything. Right, yeah. It was so flat, except for the, um, talk about reveals, the reveal of uh, Lars Mikkelsen as Thrawn coming out and and showing the clip, but... It's like, like who? Who they were all like? Like I can't say, but if you like rebels, get excited! Yeah, like, yeah. They're like, like what do you tell side your character? They're like, well, as you know, with rebels, Sabine is um, very independent, and she's a great warrior. And I'm like, oh God Almighty! And and then they're like, so what did you do training wise? And she like looks at Dave. And I'm like, really? Like. Like I, I mean, we've been saying this for a long time at how they're way too secretive for for the for the you know theatrics of uh, the drama and when for fans to experience it and I understand that but like you say for some things just be like yeah Drew Law is playing a guy named Doug <laughs> here like Dave Base guy as you say all right what's a uh, what's um. What's his name? Who was just in uh, Ahsoka? Something Clancy. You like him? Oh, Clancy Brown. Yeah, Clancy Brown. Yeah. Okay. So which one? Because this 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 maybe might be a little bit back and forth. Which one do you think is is more fun for fans? They turn on the show, and oh, there he is, Clancy Brown. He's playing the character. Or do you think it would have been good if he said? Oh yeah, I'm doing the Ahsoka show. I'm actually reprising my role as as this character writer. Um, and yeah. you know people and just come out with it. The only I'm kind of playing devil's advocate on myself here, though. The only I could see people being like, "Oh, he's part of the show. He's going to be a big part of the show." And it's like, "No, nah, he's not really a big part of the show. He just makes a quick cameo." But I mean, that's up to him, I guess, to to clarify that. He's, he goes, I'll, "I'll be making a cameo in the Ahsoka show as a as a you know." But I don't know. I guess like I don't want all the surprises. I mean, Man, I'm fighting with it. myself now. This let's it's too it. back and forth, but I, I still stand on I think Lucasfilm needs to tell us more. Were you surprised? Yeah, and, and we've definitely had that conversation a bunch. Yeah. But I was not surprised when I finally saw Liam Neeson at the end of Kenobi. I was like No. I was like, there he is. Okay. Because even Without the rest of the episodes, I or anything, any mention of him throughout that show, Obi Wan constantly trying to reach out to him, him not responding. Those moments alone cemented that he was showing up in the show for me. Just I was like, why would he be reaching out and getting no response for Qui Gon, and Qui Gon never showing up for the rest of the show? So, so, so then, yeah. Go ahead. So immediately I knew it was happening. So my point being, that was in the first episode where he starts calling out to Qui Gon. So. It would have been way better instead of the dumb pretending you're not involved thing that kept happening to for Liam Neeson to go out on these talk shows with Ewan McGregor and be like, the boys are back in town. We're back together. I'm so excited to be back in Obi-Wan. That would have been cool. So where so where have they improved when it comes to Hayden Christensen being in Ahsoka? They yeah. I mean But they, they Put the TV spot out with the voiceover, but they did a voiceover, and they've shown two. They've had two separate, as far as I I know, they've had two separate ads that both show him from Kenobi. 
Yeah. They show him, they show a clip from Kenobi for their Ahsoka ad. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, why is this here? Are we going to see this clip again in Ahsoka? Mm -hmm. Like what is happening here? Um, Yeah. So it's kind of confusing how they've been doing that, but it's been, I understand the marketing of like, they want you to realize who Ahsoka is. It's the Padawan of Hayden Christensen's Anakin Skywalker. But it is a little, it is a little similar to what they were doing with Qui Gon, where we have this idea where we're like, well, he's showing up, right? But they haven't explicitly stated that at all. Yeah. So, and so we're like, we're sort of just like waiting for it. And I, I don't know if it would be better if they came out and said it or not. Like, I think, I don't know. Where's the sweet spot? Is the sweet spot is worst we, kept secret? Look. Here's we all know, but here's a worst kept secret. Here's a really worst kept secret. We record these these Monday episodes in advance, and who's to say we don't get snake bit once again? And by the time we record this to when this comes out, uh, they put out some feature, yeah, uh, that says he's in it. But uh, yeah, I mean, to wrap it up because I know we're up on time. It's it's an interesting discussion. Uh, and again, I still enjoy, you know, speculating and, and doing that stuff. Um, but I do find it fascinating that fans always seem to be wanting to look for that. And I do think it's because of the big Vader reveal. But this was a cool chat, I thought. What did you think? Um, yeah, I think uh, I think there's sort of a lot that we didn't actually talk about. You know, in I think where my just personal interest, I think we covered it from a Star Wars perspective, but I I would, if this was just me and you privately, I would go down those routes of like, what is a reveal? What's a plot oh, sure. twist? Sure. Um, and kind of get into what makes these things interesting. Um, when when do they work? When do they not work? Um, we sort of covered that a little bit with the the when it pulls something away versus gives you something. Mm-hmm. So that was cool. Um, uh, and we could I don't we know could, we could revisit it as a separate um, subsection discussion, like sort of like what makes a good plot twist, what makes a good reveal. You know, do you um, think that a plot twist is inherent to Star Wars? like where I started this conversation, or do you think that it's inherent to storytelling in general? So of course, Star Wars would have them sometimes. Yeah. It's inherent to storytelling in general. I mean, it's, you know, like I was saying, you know, Citizen Kane, um, Wizard of Oz, you know, if you want to call that a plot twist, you know, was she dreaming it the whole time? You know, that sort of stuff. Uh, That's been in, ingrained in in those stories for forever uh books as well i don't really think of that as a plot twist yeah it's it's uh, yeah i don't know that it is but it's it's you know it's one maybe but i i could see somebody saying that and i'd be like oh well you know yeah because wrong yeah because she wakes up in her bed and like did she go there did she not you know those guys are sort of those characters you know but it, and my point is, it's been going on for uh, since the start of movies. So it's not that Star Wars Probably storytelling. It's it's a powerful tool for storytelling because people, you know, you hear, you know, I, I'll never forget being in that theater when Kylo Ren killed Snoke or when um, Luke, we flashed to Luke and he's on that island. There's a gasp. You hear it. 
And that's a real thing. It's like it's like being on a roller coaster and that first drop, especially if it's like a dark roller coaster, you don't know where the turn's going. You hear that, oh, that sort of like adrenaline, that shock that people live off that stuff. That's like a drug. And from Ooh. from from the sake of absorbing uh, content and absorbing theater, I think that is a, a real thing, a, a, a powerful part, small part of storytelling that is uh, a timeless I wonder. I, so I was Planet thinking, Planet of the Apes, another one. I mean, we can go down forever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I was thinking, what what would be fun is maybe to watch like to watch The Force Awakens and Last Jedi or whatever. And and when you're going through, anytime they ever do something where you go, oh, you know, you'd be like, I'm all right. I'm gonna I'm gonna give that out out of ten. I'm gonna give that one a three. You know what mm. I mean? And I'm like, oh wow, that changes everything. That one is an eight. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Kind of go through and just see how often things um, are sort of like, uh, I like the the term plot twist usually means something big, but like it literally is any time now we have to change paths. Yeah, like the the story has to go down. Like we were going this way, now all of a sudden we got to go that way because with this just happened so it's like i wonder how often movies have plot twists but they're all like and it the have way be, they're portrayed they just just have like different levels of, yeah. of acceptance and it doesn't have to be a plot twist like i think uh, i think a surprise reveal is a twist right without necessarily it, being a plot twist um mm-hmm. so twists are its own main thing with branches off of it too so yeah i think it's something we could definitely revisit in the future um, and like explore some of the branches off of it. But I thought this was interesting because I want to, I want to know what people think that, you know, is the, is that big fat empire strikes back reveal twist, which is a plot twist. If you look at what happens, what that it, a genre twist, it turns star Wars into almost a mm-hmm. family soap opera than, than anything else at that point. So I want to know what people think about that. Um, but hopefully they enjoyed uh, this chat. Anything else before we uh, scoot out? No, I think so. I think we're good. All right. Well, first off, for hit us up and let us know what you think. Uh, James, Myra Trunks on Twitter and Instagram, right? Are you yeah. on the other ones yet? Um, I man, going, I'm dude. on. <laughs> I'm on Threads too. Okay. But the thing is, is like I just can't. I can't figure out what to post there. Yeah. Did you get that blue sky code I sent you? You did. I did, but it, but it was that, that same thing where I'm like, I, I I would be signing up for this just to lock in my position or whatever. I I don't have any purpose here. All I've right. kind of considered trying to sort of manage my platforms differently. Like I do that. I do that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like sort of like, hey, this is where I follow artistic stuff and design. And I don't follow anything like that on, you know, this other program. And then I was thinking like, okay, well, if that was the case, what would I use threads for? What would I use blue sky for? You know? Yeah. And I, I, I haven't, I don't feel like, I mean, I don't know about blue sky, but like, I don't feel like threads has really figured out even what it is yet. So it's hard to really yeah. get in and figure out what you would use it for. It just feels like it's another place to post things. And I go, I don't need that. What I need is a resource that when I when I want to do X, no pun intended, yeah, uh, I would go there. Threads is Zuckerberg's sort of answer to Elon to try to, you know, do that whole thing. But 
I, yeah, I definitely do that too, where some of my, I'm like, yeah, everyone follow me here and I do this type of chatting here. And some of I, some of the platforms I'm like, just friends, close friends and family or whatever, you know, different mm-hmm. things you post. But anyway, um, for me at Johnny Hoey on, um, X, Twitter, whatever you call that, um, and, uh, threads and blue sky. And then, uh, at Lacey Giller and for Lacey on all the platforms, uh, as well. Um, and then us TRB podcasts. So follow us, make sure you follow us. Of course. Uh, we appreciate that very much. And anyone who's been listening on audio platforms, uh, I know we did a little bit of a push for Apple podcast reviews recently. So thank you to anybody who took the time to rate us there and also leave a review, but also whether you listen on Spotify, wherever, if they have a rating system and you're able to just quickly toss us, you know, five stars or whatever it is, uh, and a rate and a review, we appreciate that very much. And of course, spread the word because, uh, spreading the word is the way to go, uh, for growing a podcast. So thank you all very much for that. Uh, and a big final thank you to our patrons who, uh, like I like to say, keep the light on in the base. You know, everything we do here at TRB is just by the three of us. And we all have full-time jobs. We have families, you know, and we put a lot of time into this podcast um, and sacrifice a lot of time every week. So any support we get on there really means a great deal to us and allows us to keep going and hopefully keep growing. So head to patreon.com slash resistance broadcast starts at five bucks and you get exclusive episodes, a lot of cool stuff. So go check it out. We appreciate it. And special thanks to the generals and spice runners, Carmelo, John Reese, Jetta Rosewater, Frank Grande, Darth Hurricane, Nick Kratz, Chris Morales, Brian Smith, Matt Chitty, Danny, Mike Ramori, Matt Heath, Brendan McLaughlin, Count Pepto, Sneaky Zebra, Aaron Ellington, Colin Cormier, Jolton Jedi, DiMaggio, Diana, and Dave Hornack, and the Spice Runners, David Probus, Neil Shaw, Kendall Gunner, Andrew Staley, Jeremy Myers, Michael Fry, and the Fort Worthian, and all of our patrons and all of our listeners. We love you all. Thank you all so much for uh, listening and watching and sticking with us, especially now in this awesome time of new Star Wars every week, dude. So uh, we hope everyone enjoys Ahsoka tomorrow night, and we'll be back Wednesday night trb live talking about part four and speculating on what's ahead uh and that as well and maybe speculating if there will be more twists but <laughs> enjoy your mondays happy labor day everybody and uh hopefully you're off today um but enjoy your mondays enjoy your weeks and we'll see you wednesday night with trb live right here on the resistance broadcast see you around kids